were called to make the world brighter, to run on the front lines, to cast vision where it had not yet landed. You are not gifted to be a random burst of energy, but a consistent force that enables the world to hear beauty, see potential, and write stories in a way that points the world to Jesus. Provoke and inspire. Welcome to the Provoke and Inspire podcast. David and I are in a sweaty room in Ukraine. Why? Why? The question I think we could ask ourselves <laughs> is, why are we always in a sweaty room? What do you mean? Well, it seems like every time we, we do a podcast, we like, remember, uh, Luke was complaining about the sweaty room we were in in Germany. Not yeah. Even, I don't know. No, it I don't seems think it was be a sweaty. Common, common thread. I think he was kind of saying it was like dungy or like kind of crusty oh so he wasn't maybe maybe this is just a lodge it's got a nice lodge feel there's various lodge like surroundings and that's true in ukraine you forgot to say no i didn't forget but the record will show yeah Uh, here we are in ukraine we are coming to you live though it probably well it definitely won't be released live uh with another road report edition is it okay if I if I just mention something about Nigel? Has it ever not been okay? He, you know, as Does you my know, he, matter? you know, he tried that that uh, pro gun uh, dating site. Oh yeah, PRGD. What was the name of it? I can't remember. Guns or beautiful dating site or something no, like that. I think that. it was literally just pro gun dating. Yeah, that was it. Pro gate dotting got well. Pro, he didn't, pro gate dotting. No, pro gun gate. Pro gun dot. All right, all right. Moving. So along. anyway, he was like really bumming. He's texted me and he said. He got no, no, like, no one wanted him at all, you know? Go on. Because he, he, like, he filled out the whole thing. Profile. Yeah, and I Favorite said. Favorite gun, And I said, all right, Nigel, did you wear the big shoes? Yes. <laughs> I mean, did you have, did you have. Did the, you polish the nose? Did he and, have the red nose yeah. that you squeaked? Were the cheeks rosy? Did he, did you have on the whole clown. Get up. You know the like the raincoat, the umbrella, that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And he said, "Yeah." And the yellow. Did you wear the yellow rain boots? And he said he did. I'm like, that's why, man. This is not going to help you. Well, is, does so it I al- said you got to dress more like a lumberjack if you want <laughs> if you want to get people on the pro gun, you know, dating site it, to like yeah. you. You got to dress like a lumberjack. You can't dress like a clown. <laughs> and he's like. But I am a clown. Right. You know, but I'm saying, well, just be just be just, a lumberjack clown. Why dude, can't you be a lumberjack clown? Why well, do you have to be like an old school people the clown action sort of thing? But yeah, but but then then people are gonna are gonna love him within the gun community for someone he's not. When they get to pass the, you know, how you doing, what kind of gun do you have, you know, the counting bullets stage. Then at some point he can say, "I'm not really a lumberjack. I'm a clown." And then they, he's got a, whole a silent thing. clown, which again begs the question. Are you going to let me talk? I don't know. Are th- now I've lost my. Yeah, flow. but begs the How are they going to talk? Even well, because of the silent part of the clownage. Yeah, maybe he could be a silent lumberjack. <laughs> <laughs> which actually makes sense. Which begs the larger question: Don't you think there's like a lumberjack dating dot com? Why does if you? No, it's more about if it's the pro gun. Or, if it's or, pro, or what about like clowns dot org slash dating? Yeah, but he didn't. He want he got into this whole pro gun dot com. Maybe there's site. a pro gun and clown dot 
edu. I don't know if they have anything that specific, but it's maybe <laughs> well, something you should they, look into. The internet, because at the large. moment he's not getting a lot of love. Let's put it that way. No, no. So anyway, Nigel, we feel for you and your uh, stunted <laughs> attempt at love through the interwebs. Uh, anyway, uh, and the random honking doesn't help either, Nigel. No, but that might be a syndrome, RDS. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, anyway, in Ukraine, in the Sweat Lodge, as previously mentioned, and doing a road report edition. Uh, this is where we are coming to you from the tour, from the No Longer Music Tour specifically. We are on a eight-day, not an eight-day, eight-show, I think approximately a 10 eight or shows days. In, eight shows in 10 days. In 10 days here in Ukraine. We With have, two follow-up meetings. Yes, that's no, probably that's doesn't not mean important. anything to anyone. Oh, okay. But anyway... Uh, and uh, going all over the country, working with our amazing local partners. We'll talk to you about that a little bit later. Uh, but as we always do, as we always will, and as you'll always want, we have the David's Random Story. So anyway, uh, we just had a meet the band party. Uh, ah. and, uh, and so we, we had an amazing show last night. It was a really cool show. A few thousand people were there at least. And uh, so we had a... People that wanted to know more, they came to this theater. And so I uh, had been drinking a lot of water. And so I needed to <laughs> go sure to the... Was dub- going. I needed to go to the, uh, to the, the restroom. The water closet. The water closet. Um, Which, and I saw Valera. Valera is... Uh, he's, a, he's one of our Steiger guys from, from Kiev. And uh, so... And he's like in charge of the whole tour and all that. So... Anyway, so he went into the to the water closet, mm. um, and he was in a stall next to me, and I'm going, hey, <laughs> Valera. You, you always know it's going to be good when you start yeah, laughing like, already. Hey, Valera, is that you? And he goes, da. And I go, is that you? And he goes, da. And there's this, you know, the toilet paper here is really solid. You know how it doesn't have, like, holes? Uh, you yeah, know, it's, like it's just like, like a, it's, there's it's no like a circular part. It's no, not like so a donut. It, yeah, and it, but it's really hard. It's more like a solid. pastry. So I, I kind of got up and I just chucked it really hard on the guy on Valera. <laughs> I got his so it would bounce right off him. Yeah, and it wasn't Valera. <laughs> Who it was, was just it? some random guy, and he was like really big. He was like this really big, <laughs> you know, like Ukrainian dude. Really kind of, and he came out of there, and he's like all PO'd, giving me the evil eye and everything. Well, I wonder why, because <laughs> he's like sitting there, and he just gets hit right. Yeah, in well, the you head. have you have to. Solid I was roll I was like, paper. and he, he was, and I like I just looked at him like, <laughs> gave him the, the thumbs up. So uh. anyway. I'm just glad that he wasn't more, uh, you know, aggressive or angry. Right. More than he already was. Yeah. You know, so I guess the moral to the story is if you're going to do that, make sure that you, <laughs> it's the right person. I feel like we can add an additional category. Normally, it's the, the stories revolve around your gender being confused. Yeah. Which is apropos. Or What do you mean apropos? <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what that means. I just sound intellectual when I use it. Uh, and uh, herding animals. This is another no, common Oh, it's not true. Uh, t- literally, I could point. There's like six stories that include that. No. But a third category might be incidents in the bathroom. No, that's not true. I what, remember, Give me what? Like what, the time what? when you were like, okay, so we were in Spain. And again, we may have told this one already, but we were in Spain and we were all kind of, you know, using the restroom as you do. And uh, one of us tried to get out 
of the stall after finishing our business. Yes, yes. And and you happened to be on the outside, and you were like fighting, you know, keeping the, them in not, there, keeping them in there, not letting us open the door, and you were yeah. pushing and pushing, yeah, and it was yeah. a desperate struggle, right. And then you realized it was some <laughs> old dude, and not even one of the band. And the guy was in like a he was really old. Yeah, and it was like a struggle for life. I know. He thought, <laughs> "Oh, I'm going to this die. This is it. I'm going to I, die. I'm going to die. Muerte aquí." <laughs> he thought, "That's it. Uh, uh, that's it." And you, you, uh, uh, you relinqu- relinquished eventually, and he did live to see. Yeah, day. but you know, he was probably traumatized by it. You know, and he well, at least, yeah, but, yeah. But again, it was innocent, so it's not wrong, right? So innocent, not wrong. Yes, the, yes. But again, the moral of the story is: when engaging in bathroom shenanigans, make yes. sure you you identify the. I mean, mark the go- guy was not happy. Well, why would he like, be? <laughs> would you be? Especially because you're like this leader in this. You just you know you just came from this follow up meeting where you're on know, stage, and next thing, yeah. his next experience with you is having. No, he was no, no, no. That's not the point. He wasn't from our follow up meeting. <laughs> oh, that's no. what I'm trying to say. Remember, they're next door. They're doing some kind of I don't know what it was. A event, bask, yeah, uh, like a weaving. I don't know. Conference? No, remember the music? They're they're playing all this music. No. Well, anyway, so the point was. So he's a totally random total, guy. Total. He was not from the event. He did not know me. So the subject of your random story was a totally random guy. Exactly, which I thought was apropos to use the word you used incorrectly. Yeah. Anyway, so let that be a lesson to all of you, and uh, just just let that guide you in your future endeavors. Yeah, that goes for you, Python. Yeah, well, anyway, uh, trying to transition uh, onto the road report part of the podcast. As already mentioned, we are on tour with No Longer Music in Ukraine. Uh, We are three shows deep into an eight-show tour, uh, and God has done incredible things. Yeah, it's been Uh, great. We have a long history of coming here. God has given us dynamic young leaders from many cities, great churches to work with. Um, and so far, the shows have been incredible. Maybe, David, you could just give a couple of minutes summary of, of what God has done so far on this tour. Well, I mean, last night we were in, how do you pronounce the city we're in? Uh, Ternopil. So, anyway, so Ternopil. We're, yeah, so, Ternopil. So uh, we're in this huge city square. You know, you're looking at it and you think, man, this is going to be. But it was full. I mean, it was, there was. At least it's very intimidating when you first drive. Yeah, it. yeah, but there was and there's like all this uh, rain that was scheduled, so it looked like as high as like seventy percent chance of thunderstorms. And as we were doing the sound check, this big storm came in and the wind was blowing really hard, and so it was like we were thinking, what's going to happen? But man, it was amazing. Uh, God cleared the skies. Thousands of people were there. The weather, I mean, there was just this huge... I mean, apparently one guy tried to pour water on our soundboard. Did you know that? I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, because there's a, kind of a strong nationalistic thing here. And uh, because the band we're playing with speaks Russian, they don't like... That can cause trouble. Even though the band's from Kazakhstan, they're, right. not, they're not from Russia. Uh, and because of that, uh, we had some... Tr- I guess someone tried to sabotage the show. I just yeah. found that out. But... It was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. And so many people responded. Uh, it was a great follow-up meeting that we just yeah, we finished. Had, yeah, we had 15 new people come to the church who had never been there, yeah, who, yeah. who had responded at the yeah, show. Yeah. You know, people often, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but people often are very concerned with follow-up. You know, what are you doing with people? You know, yeah. we're... Uh, I think there's a little skepticism towards emotional responses to event-based evangelism. And, I mean... There's a lot we could say about that. I yeah. mean, f- 
the Bible is filled with evangelism to large crowds. I think we need that. Read the book of Acts. Right, of course, read the book of Acts. And then beyond that, it, it then depends on also how you communicate it, right? If right. you're presenting a very false message about this easy gospel, that that's definitely one thing which we're not doing. Uh, also giving a very clear opportunity to respond. And then beyond that, making every effort possible to connect these people to the local church. And so, you know, we had, we, we were able to really have great conversations after the show, um, I know I was able to talk to um, five girls from Turkey who were actually there on an exchange program. Um, and, you know, where one of the girls came up to me and she was very like, what, what is this? What, this was a concert. Now right, you're right. sharing this message. And, right. Um, I was able to just, you know, kind of challenge her. It's funny, but yeah. my instincts were to be a bit direct for yeah. some reason. Cause she came, she came up to me a little bit aggressively Yeah. and, and I was kind of like, well, what do you want? I mean, this is art. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, it's art. And I was like, so do you want your art to just be wallpaper? Yeah. You know, with no message, just meaningless. And she's like, well, well, no. And I'm like, well, I, I think good art should communicate truth. Right. And she was, you know, I could tell she was kind of calming down as I explained. And she said she was from Turkey. And I said, what did you think of our message? Uh, she says, well, you know, I'm a Muslim and, and you're a Christian, but I think we basically believe the same thing. Right. Um, you know, and I I was able to say, look, you know, I know that, that clearly she's quite a secular Muslim. I know mm-hmm. It seems like a contradiction in terms, but not yeah. like a devoted one, but certainly culturally. Right. Um, and I said, you know, our our culture today uh, really tells us that that I don't have to tell you what to believe. You don't need to tell me what to believe. We can kind of coexist, you know, like those stupid stickers that make right. no sense. Um, and that that's the most loving thing to do. Um, and I was able to, you know, explain to her, I said, look, if I believed you had a disease and I had the cure, Right. Would it be loving for me to not share that with you? Right. You know, this doesn't make me superior that I have the cure and you have the disease. It doesn't mean that I am more elite or whatever. It just means that I sincerely believe that what I have will save you. Just like um, it saved you. Just like it saved me. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I was able to, you know, and then also I was able to explain kind of breaking down this pluralistic idea. I was able to say, look, if I if I said my house you know, if I have a house here in the city and you can either go left, completely left or completely right to get there, would that make sense? She said, no, of course not. I said, yeah, there must be one way logically to get to my house in the same way there is truth. And I was able to really challenge her and I could tell she really was sincerely accepting what I was saying and I was able to explain the gospel and, and we have so many stories like well, that. Well, and, and there there is the local uh, television guys were there yeah, and they were blown away. And yeah. afterwards they wanted to do another interview you you know you and I did an interview with them before the show, right? And then they they stuck around and wanted to talk more again after that. So I mean, it was really it's been an amazing time here in Ukraine yeah. so far. Yeah, it has. Um, the thing the thing I wanted to talk about is, you know, part of I think what's made these road reports interesting is is of course we're here we're on the ground experiencing things in real time. Um, and when you do that, I, I think God speaks to you. You know, I think people you know everyone can attest to that when you're following Jesus. Uh, you're in the battle. God is revealing things to you. Um, and, and one of the things that really has been on my heart and my mind is, you know, I was sitting there and it was during one of our prayer times and um, I was just super tired. Yeah. You know, we had uh, it'd been a very intense time. I, I had, you know, I had br- brought my whole family over from the U.S. Uh, to Germany, my five week old baby, my two and a half year old, my wife, we flew over. Um, we we're in Germany. You know, it's hard doing that. Everyone yeah. kind of looked at us like we were crazy. Um, and then I get up really early. We we spend all day traveling to get to Ukraine. Um, you know, if you would just follow us on social media, you would see this amazing stage and these great crowds. And you think, wow, they're kind of live this rock star lifestyle. Right. But the truth is, 
we work very, very hard. I mean, we do, we're everything. We do the driving. We do the setup. We do the pack down. We're the roadies. We're the performing, performing, praying with people. It's awesome, but it's hard. Yeah. Um, And I remember just sitting there and this, this kind of moment of my flesh came and I just was like, man, this is so hard. Yeah. This is so much work. Yeah. You know, we put ourselves in these stressful positions. We put ourselves in these sometimes dangerous positions. Yeah. Um, and you can have these moments of, man, do I have to pick such a, uh, just, you know, I'm not trying to be a martyr, but you kind of feel like, some, can I, can it just do no, something normal, mm-hmm. you know, that, that isn't so much, requires so much and so much physical strain and emotional strain and stress. And, you know, I, I've done this, I've now toured for 12 consecutive summers. And the thing, you know, that really has been on my mind as I reflected on the difficulty of all this uh, is kind of this thing that that has been in our family for a long time, almost kind of like this motto. And I've I've actually blogged about it for Come and Live, um, but it occurred to me that I maybe never really talked about it on this podcast. Is is this idea that that good and hard go together? You know that 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 w- our flesh can sometimes try to convince us that what we should go after is what's easy, um, but I think deep down we know that's a lie. So, so what are your what are your kind of thoughts on this idea? Do you want to expound maybe on this family motto of ours and, yeah, and as how it relates to the situation? Yeah, I mean, I think anything of value is something that you have to to fight for. That's because it's valuable. And normally if something is not difficult, it's probably not that important. Right. You know, and it, and it's just the nature of of life and it's certainly the nature of of our spiritual life. And when you really want to see good, if you want to see extraordinary, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, we've had, we've, I've been to some amazing churches. I've been to some amazing, like Revolutionary Week was amazing that we just had in at our international center in Germany. But the the coolest places, the the most extraordinary things I've ever experienced have been in the battle. Yeah, and that's where that's where you see God's power is in the battle, right. and so that's why. Why cool and hard go together, good and hard go together, like is our family motto. Right. And so you need to be willing to go through those things in order to see God's power. And often the biggest breakthrough moments I've ever had have been in the battle. Right. And and don't you also think our flesh is so fickle? It's like you can be in that moment, your emotions are so deceitful. It's like you're so tired and you're so exhausted. Yeah. And then you get a couple of good nights rest. Yeah. And you're like... You're ready to go. Right. And so I guess you got to, I think part of it is I, I reflect on how many people are robbed of the of the significant and eternally impacting calling God has for them because they're just a slave to these these surface level emotions that are they come, they go as easily as they come, well, right? Well, it's, it's like you can have this kind of baby faith that's emotional, you know, and so my emotions, you know, they can depend on whether I've had too much coffee or not enough coffee or if I've not slept or... You know, there's all kinds of things that affect your emotions, and so then that's what you're gonna you're gonna do. Um, you know, baby faith, but uh, you need to have the kind of faith. You know, I, I use this illustration. You have to have faith like a buffalo. You know, most right. an, you know most animals when it's cold and rainy, they put their heads together to get away from the cold and the rain. But a buffalo, when it's cold and raining, they put their face right into the wind, right into the rain put their their your, their chin up into it and it's like go ahead blow on me I don't care yeah. you know and if we we need to have buffalo faith right we need to have the kind of faith that says I don't care 
you know, right. we're going to do this. And it's funny when you take the brakes off. Sure. When yeah. you're, it's, it's like, it's amazing the power that, the, that God gives you to go through things like that. I mean, remember like when we were in that, that show in, uh, that we just had a few weeks ago in Budapest mm-hmm. and how it was like this crazy storm and it was like, it was, it was crazy lightning and right. kind of, you know, you could say it was not safe to be on a stage at that point with right. all the lightning flashing around us. Certainly not for our equipment. Yeah, but remember, I just kind of felt like, all right, then, let it rain. Let it I blow, don't yeah. care. And uh, it was amazing, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and I think what that speaks to is that your principles, the, the guiding forces of your life have to be deeper than circumstances. Right. Right. And I mean, even in, I think, everything spiritual, but to, to maybe take it even out of the quote-unquote spiritual realm, yeah. anyone that accomplishes anything, their their convictions are deeper than circumstances. Right. It's like what what makes an extraordinary life, I think, is 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 the accumulation of, of thousands of decisions to not listen to the easy way. Right. You know, it's like, yeah. I'm going to take the stairs. You know, I'm going right. to have the hard conversation. I'm going to yeah. get up when I don't feel like it. I'm not, I'm going to resist the temptation to eat this or, right. or say that, or I'm going to say that. It's, it's all of those thousands of decisions to recognize that, that just because your, your body or your flesh says something is undesirable, it's often a very poor guide to what is ultimately beneficial. Well, it normally is, I would say. Yeah. You know, uh, Paul says that our flesh is something, his flesh was something he had to fight against. Right, right. You know, and then to talk about it in the terms of like, um, for example, uh, I heard this famous ballerina talk about how it was like a fight against her body to stay at that level. Yeah. You know, she had to actually, it was like this battle uh, where she had to... to fight her own body to be at the level of of uh dance that she felt she was supposed to be at. Right. And and if 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 a ballerina has to feel this kind of discipline and pain, yeah, you and know, that's to just come, like material. And that, it's a shadow of spiritual truth. And if we're we're never going to be what God wants us to be if we're not going to be willing to to discipline ourselves and to fight for it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's so critical in it. and I think it recognizing that I think we're not the neutral position is not towards the spiritual significant thing. Right. Right. That it's a it's a I think you're either regressing to what the flesh wants. Yep. Or you're you're fighting forward. Right. It, it's it's not sort of a you're not just standing still in a positive place. Well, I think it's you have to fight. No, you're like on a raging river, basically. Right. And you're either going down it or you're you're fighting to go up it. Right. And when you're in the world, if you aren't actively Walking up the stream, you're going to go down. Right. I mean, that's the nature of the world we live in. But the good news is, if we if we put our mind, our heart, our desire as much as we can towards God, I want to walk up that stream. He will give us the ability to do it. I mean, I had someone talk to me today and say, "How do you keep this up?" and and I I said, "I can't take credit. You know, yeah. I I can't take credit for I can't." And it's not a humble statement; it's true. Um, but I have experienced that if I'm willing, you know, God gives me what I need. And it doesn't mean that I always feel like it. It doesn't mean that it, that you're not, well, like you were talking about earlier, Ben, when we were out walking, how how munted you are from all the... Munted being the Kiwi expression for feeling physically downtrodden. Yes. So just from the, <laughs> from the, the incredible physical workout that this is with all the driving setup, performing break you know um 
but God gives you the ability to do it, right? Yeah, and, and that that He is doesn't the, take away the 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 hardness. Well, nor know. do you even want him to when you when you reflect on it. Right, right. Because I think deep down we all know that what what is meaningful is not just what's easy. Like you always it, it, say, nothing is like that. No, and you, no one's going to look back at the end of their lives and wish they had more moments by the pool. Right, right. So that's kind of a principle. But something you started to get at, which I think is critical, is the foundation of this because yeah. it's not difficulty for difficulty's sake. This no. isn't some sort of masochistic thing where you just choose an arbitrarily difficult path for the sake of it. There, no. this is founded ultimately, like we always talk about, in an intimate relationship with Jesus. Right, you. You allow him to guide your principles and into the decisions you make in your life. And and also it starts in the basic things, right? So we often bring up these kind of very dramatic illustrations of difficulty, riots we've been in or physical violence we've encountered yeah. or whatever. But for me, most of the time, the battle is, am I going to get up early and seek God? Yeah. Am I going to resist my flesh that really wants to sleep or... I got I got an hour and a half nap with my two year old. There's a lot of things I'd want to do, but I need I know I need to go and seek God and read right. his word. I yeah. And and the flesh wants to do a million other things, right? right? So isn't the battle almost always or most often fought in these most simple but ultimately profound ways? I mean, I was talking to this uh amazing evangelist who has seen he's seen like um, unbelievable miracles. I never saw anyone speak with so much of God's anointing and power. And uh, so he has crazy stories about when he's in South America and he's attacked by uh, terrorists and he picks up his Bible and a force pushes him to the ground and just crazy stuff. But he said to me, David, the most important thing you'll do for God is the next thing he asks you to do. Yeah, It's not some great dramatic thing. It's the next thing, you know, that next small step of obedience and that's how you get that buffalo faith. That's how you get the ability to go through the battle. That's where it all happens. It's that, like you said, Ben, it's that next small step. Yeah. No, no, it's so true. And um, I, I think for those that are listening to this, and maybe it's natural to distance yourself from some of the illustrations we give, and I, I think it would really be our hearts, you know, as this podcast attempts to do, to, to uh, encourage followers of Jesus to live radical lives in secular culture. Um, is really what what ultimately defines a radical life in secular culture is is resisting the spirit of our age, which is that what I should want is easy, what I should right. want is pleasurable, what I should want is the path of least resistance, um, and and to resist that is is most often looks like seeking God with a desperate heart. Yeah, right? and I think when you go when you take when you believe that lie that tells you, you know, you shouldn't have to struggle and and if you do you're legalistic, you know, if you right. like oh man, oh if you if you if you kind of put that those kind of spiritual disciplines in your life, you're just being legalistic. And it's like, well yeah, you can do everything out of legalism, but if your desire is not legalism but that you just want all that God wants you to have and it's a thirst to know him more, that's cool and that's what you should do. And there, when you accept this other lie about it taking everything easy, that's why the world starts looking more attractive. Of course. You know, yeah. because you're not getting your mission. So then you got to numb yourself like the world. Yeah. And so then you live for the, you know, what the movie you're going to watch on, on the weekend. Or, right. or you just start numbing yourself. And isn't that the great lie? I mean, the, the great lie is that 
God has a calling for me that's going to restrict my freedom, that's going to suck my joy. And right. the literal opposite is the, true. It could not be a bigger lie. In fact, the very, um, the very force that attracts us to the world is the fact that we're lacking the mission God has for us. And that's, that's exactly right. what we're talking about. But yeah. you're not ex- you're not going to experience that if your faith is inch deep and if you're unwilling to persevere through what's hard. Right. Because nothing, as, again, to get back to the motto, nothing that is cool spiritual or otherwise is accomplished apart from hard no they and go it, it, they I go together absolutely they're inextricably linked and until you accept that and as our australian friend former bass player justin says unless you embrace it you and want to, more of it that's not the proper accent embrace it no that was terrible no you that can. was terrible embrace it nope still not very good okay Mike and Tommy just walked in with a plate of food. Right and, during our podcast. And fearful smirks on their faces. So that yes. might be a time to wrap things up. I think it is. It is. Anyway, this has been the Road Report edition of the podcast. Tommy is chuckling like a five-year-old school He girl. looks like it. Tommy is an elf, by the way. He's our bass player. Yes, he's our Finnish bass player. Yeah. And he might be finished after this. You like that? Pun intended. Uh, no, that's not true. We love Tommy like we like the green grass. Uh, Mike, on the other hand, I don't know. I don't know. The jury's still out. Let's just say it's not looking favorable. Anyhow, thanks for listening to the Provoke and Inspire podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. Hopefully it was whimsical, entertaining. Hopefully the information stimulated you to new heights. Love you all, and don't remember what we forgot. Yes, rate, subscribe, review, and always stay fresh. We love you. Talk to you next time. Peace. Thanks for listening to Provoke and Inspire, the official Come and Live podcast. To hear past podcasts, go to comeandlive.com. Got a question for the guys? Send it in to provokeandinspire at comeandlive.com.